I was excited at the thought of her going out with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mind kind of ran these fantasies. I wonder what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really became okay, for that me. Kinda, but that kind of weirds me out, though. <laughs> I mean, I guess I did. I mean, I'm not so not turned on by that. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother. And her stand-up son. Oh, oh shit. I'm sorry. What? I said stand-up son. I forgot about the stand-up comic part. Well, okay. I'm both a stand-up son and a comic. Yeah. So, my friends, this is an unbelievable episode where we bring out a couple who are in a polymonogamous relationship, which is a subset of polyamorous relationships. They're married, and they basically bring another person into their sex and intimate lives. But but they don't share it necessarily between the two of them. They have their own secondary relationships. They're not swingers. It's a very unusual alternative relationship, but very open and honest. And I think anyone who's interested in relationships in general will benefit from this. I think that it's just such an interesting concept of how they communicate with each other. Yeah, it really de- this episode really demonstrates how open you can actually be with your partner. It defies like the limits of your relationship. And and how you actually grow as a person by having these other relationships and and the generosity that you have towards your other person by allowing it to occur. That said, this even the people in this relationship were not recommending this for everyone. This is a very, has to be very specific to your relationship. So you will learn why that's the case in this episode. Absolutely. But the other thing is that you could take a little piece of this out and use it. You don't necessarily have to go full throttle like they did. Yes, absolutely. You're, there's a lot of things you're going to find out in this, this. So I would just say buckle your seatbelts and get ready for the ride. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Charlie and Stephanie. Yes. Hi, Hi, sure. Our pleasure. Yeah, we're very excited to hear about you guys. And uh, we just wanted a little, for, let's start off by, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. What, what is sure. your, what do you look like? What is your race, religion, age, <laughs> demographics? Um, well, I'm uh, very white with no tan whatsoever. <laughs> I've tried to uh, get a tan. It just doesn't work. And and Steph is um, actually half. Um, well, I'm Asian, Asian, so I'm brown. <laughs> <laughs> dark hair, dark eyes, brown. And um, he's light eyes, light skin, light hair. So we, um, are, we look very different. Um, we met about, I don't know. 1987 at the University of Illinois. No way. That's where I went. Not, not, you're a go Illini. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Exactly. How, I how think did, we're very, oh, yeah. How, how did, go ahead. you said you met at Illinois, but how did you guys meet? Was there a class? What was this, the setup? We were in the same dorm. Oh, okay. Oh, so you met like freshman and, year. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. He came. I came in as a junior, and oh. um, yeah, and then we met then. Right. Um, we and we just became really good friends, mostly around our music yeah. playing. So um, that was really kind of our biggest common interest at the time. And, and then we and then we got married in '93. So 
this August we'll be celebrating 23 years oh, of marriage. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's a big feat these days. <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. Yes. And so, sure. so when your relationship started, what, what was it like? Was it traditional? What, how would you describe it? Yeah, it was, it was very traditional. I mean, you know, I mean, it was just kind of the, we just, I feel like we followed the regular path, you know, as far as you go to school, you go to college, you meet your, your potential spouse. I would, I mean, we weren't really looking for that, but it worked out that way. Um, yeah. And we were both monogamous with each other. Yeah. Just so you and know, I, I, I mean, I, feel like I married my best friend. That's how I felt. And so we kind of, you know, we both got jobs, we bought a house, we had, um, our first, you know, couple of years after getting married. So, yeah, pretty traditional, I think. Wow. Uh, Seth and Charlie, you guys followed the exact same path that I did with my husband, and I married my best friend as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't, mm-hmm. end, didn't end that well because he passed away. But um, before that point, it was very similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Although, and we were, we were a monogamous couple for uh, 24 years, actually. Wow. Um, I should say, to my knowledge, who, who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not here to claim one way or the other. But, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's dive right in. So, so you guys had the traditional thing going on with the white picket fence and the two kids. And, and then yeah. it, what happened? What's your story? Well, you want to tell No, it? you can say. So uh, I would say about, I would say probably about 13, 13 14 years ago, um, Steph came to me and she explained that she, there was somebody at work who was flirting with her and she was sort of interested in flirting back. And you know, she came to me and told me this. So she was very honest about it. Wow. And I encouraged her to flirt wow. back. How did you feel? Um, I actually, I mean, I felt it, it actually was... I would say sexually exciting, knowing that someone that she was interested in, she was going to go out on a date and just kind of see what would happen. Um, So we were very, from the very beginning, you know, very sort of honest and upfront with each other. And, you know, and maybe stuff you might have, you might want to elaborate a little bit, but I would say that at this particular time, you know, we were both sort of busy and, we were always we've always been close, but maybe at that time we weren't quite as close. Well, so yeah. I think it was. A, That's what I'm curious yeah. about. So, what was your sex life like at that point? Oh, it was, I mean, we had two very young kids. We it was very not really existent. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, honestly, with two young kids working, we're both professionals. I I just I don't know. We just weren't that interested. It wasn't like a problem per se. No, no, but I, I, I totally. You know what I mean? It I get it totally. So <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, um, and I remember that time that you know we were living together and making things happen in the family and stuff. And I remember just feeling, you know, exhausted and lonely, you know, in that kind of sense. Which and, you don't, and one more person tugging at you, right? It's like, that's the thing. It's like the kids are tugging yeah. at you. Everybody wants a piece of you. And then like you go to bed and then someone says to you, you want to have sex. You're like, are you kidding? I know. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that because people would tell us that, you know, but going through it um, and then, you know, of course now our kids are grown so I can look back and I can understand why. And I think for me, it was just, 
you know, for me, honestly, it was like an escape, you know, it was a person that was really great. Um, you know, it was very respectful. He knew, you know, I told him what was going on and it was like, after a while, it was maybe like one night a week. I just, you know, go and hang out with them for the evening, come home late. And it just became kind of my, it was just like my respite, you know, my escape with someone that I don't know, I felt was just cool and really cared about me. It was, it really wasn't, you know, fueled by, for me, like by the whole sex thing, which I think is what a lot of people think about when they think about, you know, monogamy and not, you know, is that natural, that kind of thing. But, you know, in my feeling is like, there, there are just, there are many people in the world. And I feel like Charlie and I, we're so open with each other and we want each other to genuinely be happy. And we've made a commitment to each other. I know that sounds weird, but we have, I mean, we are committed to each other. We're committed to our children. And I think we've been very successful in those areas, but you know, at the same time, like for me, I know there are people out there, there are women out there that are interesting, you know, they've got different experiences and I don't feel like I have to ever like, you know, follow him around or know where he is. I'm just not that kind of person. I just feel like, look, if we choose each other every day, so if you want to be with me, that's great. I want to be with you. And that's how we've been really throughout since then. I mean, we have not had a ton of, of relationships. I've had, I think three, is that right? Yeah. So over the past, yeah. yeah, over the past maybe 13, 14 years, she's had three relationships and I've had about the same. So it's not in, you know, in the thing that I've run into for the people that I have mm. been honest with and explained our relationship, the first sort of reaction I get is, oh, you guys are swingers. Mm. And yeah. I said, no. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think that having an open relationship is synonymous with swinging and it's not. Well, we ours isn't. Yeah, ours isn't. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the last thing, I mean, I would be terrified going to some sort of swinger bar and picking up someone and having, you know, some sort of relationship with them that same night. That's definitely not what it's about for us. For us, it's more about, you know, it's, it's you know, it's sort of the lifestyle is more called, you know, polyamorous. So it's the idea that it's possible to fall in love with one with more than one person at a time. So for us, when we engage in a secondary relationship with somebody, um, sex, you know, at some point becomes, you know, important, of course, but the initial sort of relationship needs to be, you know, we have to have sort of an emotional connection. Mm. Um, And that needs, I think that that's very, very important to develop before it moves to anything sexual. So, this- um, so we are not we are not like running out and finding new partners all the time. It's not that way at all. We're in fact, I I consider myself to be uh, polymonogamous, and so what I what I define that to be is that you know I can have more than I can have an, a relationship outside the marriage, but once I am with a secondary person, I'm monogamous to that person. So I don't have more than one secondary relationship at a time. I'm curious as to why you'd only yeah, have one extra partner. Yeah, well, for me, it's, you know, a lot of it is because time constraints. I don't feel I have the energy or time to have more than one secondary relationship at a time. And when I am in a secondary relationship, um, I want to be able to, you know, spend a decent amount of quality time as much as I can 
with that person and get to know them. Hmm. So I'm less interested in jumping from one secondary to another and more interested in finding one secondary um, that I can have a longer term relationship with. And, you know, another thing I'll say is that, you know, we are definitely not against monogamous relationships. It's just that for us, this has been a way to just make things more interesting, make our lives more interesting. It allows us to, um, if we feel sort of an emotional and physical attraction with somebody, we are allowed to explore that um, and not feel bad about it. So for us, you know, over the course of the years, it's really turned into really a wonderful way to be able to experience um, and have relationships with other people without feeling guilty about it at all. This is tremendous. I mean, already I feel very much more educated on what polyamory is. So thank you very much. I'm brimming with questions over here. Uh, Sure. So what you were talking about, uh, your relationship prior to – to Stephanie saying that there's this guy at work who's who's coming on to her, uh, how would you compare the two, like before and after you had that discussion and and your relationship unfolded? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I I don't I guess I well one thing I would say I don't I don't ever really understood the idea that one person could and should be everything to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you and, don't think and I, the whole soulmate thing doesn't, that doesn't, well, I mean, that's a good one. I, I definitely feel like we are soulmates. Absolutely. I really do feel that. I mean, I, yeah. we have so much depth to our relationship that, and, and it's so, um, it's just so deeply meaningful. It's just at a level that I've never had with anybody. I mean, it's, it's it's spiritual, it's loving, it's affectionate. I mean, it really is. I know it sounds like painting this perfect picture. I mean, it's certainly not perfect, but our relationship is very solid. Hmm. So I think, so for example, like, I really like to go out and I really just like to go out. You know, I like to go dancing. I'm a lot more social. And so I could, I can do that now, right? Where Charlie's totally not into that. So it's like, I'm not saying that he's not good enough. It's just like, I would really love to go out and go dancing, like be crazy or whatever. Yeah, that makes and, sense. You know, and I have someone to do that with. Now, I, I, I just always found that to be a lot more balancing. So I feel like it brings more balance into okay. for us. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Charlie, when she told you for the first time that she was interested in maybe seeing someone you said she, you were excited but when she actually did start seeing someone did it create how how did how did that change things um it really didn't change things i mean i was excited at the thought of her going out with somebody else mm-hmm. and you know my mind kind of ran these fantasies i wonder what they're doing right now mm-hmm. so yeah it really became okay, for that me kinda, that kind of weirds me out though i mean i guess i did i mean i'm not so not turned on by that I wait just, wait like, what, I, what is that what wait <laughs> i i kind of do you don't i'm just wondering if you don't think that that's kind of Stephanie, you don't think that's kind of stimulating to to think that you're doing something sexual with someone else and that someone else is turned on by that? No. I mean, I don't find that exc- – I mean, it's, it is what it is, but I don't find that – like that gives me any yeah. pleasure. I mean – You feel the same way, Charlie? But it definitely gave me pleasure, right? Yeah. So that was – 
And you have to remember, this yeah. is the first time this was happening, right? Back to, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And my reaction was, wow, this is kind of, this is, this is a turn on. My wife is going out and she's meeting somebody and this person's interested in her. And so it did fuel a lot of fantasies. And that was sort of the initial oh. sort of feeling I had. Now, it's a little bit different now, now that we've been doing this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't quite have that as much anymore. But that mm-hmm. was my first reaction. I know that some men would be like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? You can't <laughs> oh, totally, flirt totally. with this person at work. Yeah. Are you insane? Um, but I think it was because, you know, we had such a close relationship and have always been completely honest with each other um, that I felt completely comfortable uh, and turned on, you know, just to know that she was going out and meeting somebody, you know, right. F- right. for a formal date. So how far into it then, Charlie, did you start uh, seeing other people? Yeah, I would, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, Steph has definitely had more uh, throughout the years, more time with secondaries than I have had. I was a little bit slow to, to, to get in on it. And you'd think, you know, being a male, I'd be like, oh, my God, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm at the candy store. I can yeah. go out and I can see anybody, you know, I want. Uh-huh. But I was very, I was very restrained about it. And I would say that it probably took. You know, from the time Steph starts seeing uh, her first secondary, it probably was maybe a couple, maybe a year and a half, two years before I started seeing somebody. Right. And I think part of the reason for that was because, um, you know, Steph is very social. She's out there all the time. It's easier for her to meet people. Uh, Whereas I'm a little bit more introverted. Um, I'm not really going out and hanging out at the bars or... Uh, dance halls or anything like that. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit difficult for me to meet people. And I, and I found actually the best way for me to meet secondaries is through dating sites. That's what I was going to say. Something like um, Ashley Madison or those kind of things. Are you guys involved with those? Yeah. Well, you know, Ashley Madison promotes uh, affairs and we're not, we're not into deceiving your spouse and having affairs. So mm-hmm. Ashley Madison was not, not something, not a platform I was interested in, but um, OkCupid is very poly friendly, hmm. and so uh, when I was on OkCupid, I would be my profile stated very directly that I'm married, um, I'm polyamorous, I have an open relationship, and you know it's very very possible that if you are interested in dating me and we end up dating for a, a period of time, you will actually end up meeting uh, my wife. So I was very hmm. very honest and forthright with what I wanted. Um, and that made it easier, right? Because there's no, you know, I have no, I don't have anything to really explain uh, when I'm connecting with somebody. My profile is, you know, very, very direct on, you know, who I am, what my lifestyle is, and what I'm looking for. So it, oh, it ended up pretty well. That's awesome. Will you yeah. tell us what it, it, you, so what has been your experience introducing your secondaries to your primaries? Yeah. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It hasn't happened a lot. I mean, we typically yeah. the way we prefer to work it is to have a little bit of privacy. So um, I've only met um, one, maybe one, yeah, of Steph's primary uh, secondaries, so and she has only met. You guys are not having these people come back to the home. Um, typically no. not. Typically not. No, I mean, I, you know, it's like it's 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 like. Um, well, it's like wanting to, I, I mean, I still feel even though we're doing this, it's kind of like 
respect, you know, I still want to show respect. And, and even, you know, the relationships that I'm in, I mean, I, you know, there's just still, you know, some level of understanding. Well, there's a lot of level of understanding, I think, of, you know, right. the the secondary relationship is something that's, you know, I, is for me. And there's really no reason to really involve um, other people in it because it's, I mean, it can get really, really complicated, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't a an open, we, you know, we don't talk openly about this um, hmm. primarily well, for- because I, I mean, other than you guys and close, close, close friends, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we, and, and then our relationships, but family and, and general friends don't know um, and our family doesn't know. So, you know, we do like to keep that boundary. We don't, it's not that open where we're like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is coming over for dinner and and I'm, right. I don't really want it that way. I mean, I yeah. feel, you know, the other part of this is that we have very busy lives, you know, and I think the one thing that really solidifies our decision is that we have a strong belief in wanting that other person to fully grow as a human being. And one component of that is relationships. It doesn't have to be sexual. I mean, that that's the other thing. It's not driven. I mean, I can say it's not driven by sex. Maybe it is if you talk to some psychologists. But I mean, I feel pretty certain that the people that I'm with and relationships are diverse and they bring a different set of experiences and knowledge. And that's what I want for me. But okay. my primary commitment is, you know, really to my family. So how we don't long, Okay, so you we didn't get to hear what how how many times you've met Charlie's uh secondaries. Uh one one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah one once. time. I was um this was maybe about, you know, five, six years ago and this uh this girl that I was my secondary mm-hmm. um she really never <laughs> I got the feeling that she never really believed that I was telling her the truth. Right. So she was always there was always a little uh, flutter of doubt. Um, And I said, look, why don't we do this? Why don't you come over for dinner? You can meet staff and, you know, you'll see that, you know, this is not something that, you know, I'm not lying to you. I'm not trying to be deceitful. Uh, You know, you'll 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 get to meet her and talk with her. And she said, yeah, she wanted to do that. She really felt that while she believed me, there was this like, you know, little twinge of doubt. Hmm. Um, so she came over and we actually had a very nice evening. Um, I wouldn't say it was completely comfortable, <laughs> uh, but she got to meet Steph and Steph got to meet her. And, she, and afterwards, she said that was really important for me to do. And Steph, uh, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I felt fine. I mean, I... I mean, I wasn't looking to be best friends with her. You know, I was like, that's, you know, that's fine. I guess I don't really have huge interest in meeting, um, you know, who you're in relationship with. It was okay. I mean, she, you know, I think one of the difficulties that we came across with her, and this is very difficult, is really for the other person, right? The the situation that the other person is in. Hmm. And that's what I think is really hard because, you know, they're single. Well, that's and what I was going to ask. Are they always single or are they in relationships? Are they married? Single. Yeah, they've always been single not up married. to this point. Yeah, or, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or or divorced or previously, you know, right. in a relationship. So, so uh, not, don't, don't feelings cross over? Like what happens if one of yeah. these, the, these single people becomes yeah. more attached 
to you guys. Yes. What yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot of it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a major problem. It's, it's a, a problem. Yeah, and that has happened to us before. And this, in fact, this this secondary of mine that came over to meet Steph. Um, eventually, you know, just what you're describing happened to her. She wanted more and realized that she would never be able to get that, mm. and it became extremely problematic. And it ended, ended up, you know, we had to end the relationship because it was more painful for her to see me. Knowing that, yeah. you know, sh- I could only see her, you know, once a week or hmm. whatever, right? So yeah. it was very, very difficult for her. It could have potentially be like a fatal attraction thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah it, it, it could. could. You have to I be, mean, you have to be very, very careful. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think it definitely gets difficult because oh, yeah. you're emotionally involved, and then the natural instinctual feeling that I see and is, and I felt when I was younger was, you know, kind of own that person. And want to be that person with that person and build with that person. It's just that, you know, we we can do that, but it's a, it just looks different. You know, it's not as locked down, right? It's not like you own me, I own you, and I'm going to watch you for the rest of your life. It's like mm-hmm. we decide to be together, and that that's how we've tried to approach, you know, other relationships in the same manner. So have you ever felt this uh, jealousy between the two? You know, for example, like... Steph, you you want to see yeah. Charlie on Friday night, and he goes, "Oh, I made plans with so and so." Does that ever affect you? How did what happens then? No, you know, it really. I mean, it really hasn't because we check in. Uh, Steph and I check in on a regular basis, and I say, "Hey, you know, do you mind if I'm out with so and so on Friday, and I'll be home on Saturday and yeah. Sunday?" And she does the same to me. So we really um as the week you know progresses we tell each other what we'd like to do with our secondaries and if if Steph says you know what i really was hoping that we could do this on friday night then i spend time with Steph and i work a different day with uh, with my secondary so it's really just a matter of um communicating and you know we didn't always have really you know as we were trying mm-hmm. to figure this all out in the early stages it was mm-hmm. a little challenging but now um, after having done it for so many years, we're really good about you know letting each other know what our plans are and being flexible if if one of us doesn't feel like that's a good time for the other person to be off. So it's so far it's worked worked quite well. What would you say some of those challenges were at the beginning? Some of the challenges, I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't feel like it was really that bad. I mean, I don't know. Well, I would say one of the challenges is being disciplined because, um, you know, and you kind of alluded to this, that, you know, you can, you can very quickly become emotionally attached to this person. And especially as, as it turns into a sexual relationship. Um, and so some of my challenges and especially in the early state, in the early years was that, uh, maybe I wanted to see my secondary several times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that just point, just because she's new, just be, it doesn't even exactly. mean you're more attracted exactly. to her. Just to, it's anyone right. that's new, especially when you're married or in a relationship for years. Exactly. Yeah, sure and then the, and it's all, really hard not to want to be with that new person. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and and in the poly community, they call that NRE, which stands for New Relationship Energy. Mm. So <laughs> when you're first starting with a new person, of course. Um, you know, you've got that new that new relationship energy just buzzing around, uh, and you want to see that person as much as you can. And how and have you had to just suppress that instinct, or how have you dealt with that? 
yeah, I think we have had to suppress that um, because, you know, primary for us is our marriage and our relationship and, you know, growing together as as a couple. um, That's our number one concern and priority. Um, and you know, that's why we do use the conventional terms primary and secondary. Well, I, I mean, just for the record, I, I really don't, I mean, Charlie is very into the whole like framework and I really don't know the terms. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just, I was wondering about that. Do you guys have like some sort of a contract? I mean, sir, it does sound like that. I know he's using all these terms, but I mean, there's like books he's read and stuff. I haven't read the books. I mean, I just kind of, I mean, that, and that's like a great example of how different we are. Like mm-hmm. he's got the books and the framework and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, and actually, I mean, it's, and it has worked, I mean, out pretty well, I think. Yeah, well, what I, is it, I'd like to know more about your sex life. Has, how has that improved or not improved? Or, or changed. Or changed. <laughs> I think, I think it's improved. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, we, we just have challenges of actually finding the time. Like we're never really home alone. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. So we still have children at home. So, um, with our jobs and children, our secondaries. I don't think it's really, I mean, I think it's gotten better in the sense that when we're together, we're really together and probably we've learned some things, you know, not being together just exclusively. About just sexually, I think, you know, just how to be different in bed. Well, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm wondering if any of these new partners have taught you oh. guys any new tricks to bring to your relationship. What do you think? Uh, you know, not, for me, no, I would say no. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> no, uh, he's already not, got all this tricks. It's not like my secondaries are all these like sexually adventurous people <laughs> and they're like, you know, swinging from the ceiling yeah. and things like that. So, no, it's all been fairly conventional. So I would say, in my, at least in my case, uh-huh. you know, there's really nothing that I have experienced with my secondary that I brought into <clears throat> my mm-hmm. relationship with stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you ever like fantasize about the other person? When you're with each other? Oh, uh, so you, you mean Steph fantasizing about me when she's with her secondary? Or vice no, versa? The oh, the other way around. <laughs> I was just curious. Uh, you don't have no, to um, No, for me, that's never happened. Has it happened for you? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think, not on purpose, but yeah, I think it has. Yeah. I mean, I don't actively do that, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't act. That's really that's a good question. That's so interesting, because I feel like our our relationship is different. So the sex is different, and I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. That, that is you know? what I was asking you about because women tend to. I, I feel like women, or I should just speak to myself, but I feel like yeah. women use fantasy more during sex than men. I think men are kind of like present and focused, and women can fantasize more and. That might be oh, why you might bring more of other people into your fantasies of when, and when you yeah. actually have sex. It's possible. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, that's, sure. that's what we've right. discovered through our show, talking to people about fantasy. But it, I don't know if that's a blanket statement, but this is yeah, corroborating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah it is very interesting because I mean, I would just make an assumption that the guys would be more apt to fan- be fantasizing about someone else when they're having sex with their with their mates i would just assume that but you're saying in your experience it's just the opposite i i i'm just only going on uh what i know about women and their sexual fantasies that i think that they tend to use fantasy more than men i think men are very visual you know you put you know stuff in a a teddy and she's good to go 
That's right. <laughs> You're focusing on that. Right. But, uh, you know, the, I have a friend who we've interviewed on the show who's into this alternative lifestyle, though. It's, she doesn't have sex with other people, but she does go to hedonism quite a bit. And she said the worst thing to her would be to not know what's going on in her partner's mind at all times. And if he's fantasizing about wow. someone else, she wants to know it. And oh, uh, that's why she doesn't ever get jealous because they tell each other everything. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I think the worst thing a married couple can do is to open up the relationship because they feel you know, that there's problems in the marriage and, and maybe opening things up will make things better. I've heard of people that have done that, and that typically doesn't work mm-hmm. very well. In fact, it just makes things worse, right? But I think why, that... Why do, you, why do you think it makes things worse? I'm curious. Well, I think that if, if, if two people are having, you know, marriage issues, whatever that may be, lack of communication or just not feeling close anymore, um, I think opening up your marriage can exacerbate that and, and widen the gap of, of non-communication and just make things worse. Do you have any do's or don'ts that you recommend for people considering a polyamorous relationship? Well, I would say, you know, the do is for, is definitely you have to you have to be open and honest and you really have to, you know, tell the other person what uh, the expectations are. You may need to set some ground rules, right? So, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of ground rules, but, you know, one of them is that if I do happen to bring a secondary over to the house, maybe steps on vacation somewhere or visiting somebody and I have the house to myself, there's no sex in the bedroom. That's no. basically only. That's basically our only rule. Um, so you know, you need to set some ground rules so that you feel comfortable that certain bounds aren't being you know overstepped. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one is really not to have relationships with someone that's married. Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Even if they're I mean, in that, poly- well, even if they're in the same type of relationship, you. Guys oh, are? I guess. Yeah, I guess we haven't come up across that, but. Um, yeah, if they are also in a poly relationship, then fine. But um, we're we're not we don't, we never actively pursue somebody who's married and is not in an open relationship. Hmm. What would you do if one of you two in the future decided that you weren't into this lifestyle anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could actually see us kind of getting there. I mean, I I would just say we we would talk about it. We and, and you asked the question, what's the difference, you know, between mm-hmm. my relationship with Charlie and then my relationship with someone else? I mean, I think the major difference is that, you know, we it's 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 a level of history. It's a it's a commitment to just living being a partner with with him and we knowing that we have real responsibilities to each other and to our family and that's really what's primary. I think with the secondary, you know, it's actually kind of nice because we don't have to navigate through that kind of stuff. You know, we don't have to talk about our financials and, you know, the kids schooling or who's going to go grocery shopping. I mean, there's a real nice kind of lightness hmm. that I find in these secondary relationships. It's, it's really a friendship, but it's a close friendship and, you know, sexual relationship. Hmm. Would, and you call, I really would you call it, it a friends with benefits? Totally. I would call it totally friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. And I think for the other, you know, frankly, for the other person, I mean, I think it could work out really great, too. I mean, you know, they, they're having a, a relationship that we're honest and open with them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it, there's a and I don't have the pressure of like finding a person who's going to like, you know, take care of me and do I don't need that. 
I, I, I just want to have, you know, friendships where I'm learning things. And I think that can be nice for the other person. I honestly feel like if, if we, you know, if we kind of came to each other and said, yeah, you know what, let's chill on the whole, you know, secondary relationship thing. I, I feel confident that we could work that out. I mean, I, you know, wouldn't, we've never been in a situation where like, we need to stop this. Like we just don't have that dynamic. It's much more of a discussion. So I wouldn't feel at all, you know, if you came to me or if I came to you, I'd definitely want to talk about, talk about it and see what we wanted to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. See, I think it's hard. I, I, and when I was single after my husband passed away, I thought it was really hard be, to have the friends with benefits relationship because even I would deliberately pick guys that were younger than me because I thought, well, there's no chance that this is going to develop into anything because I wanted to have a period of my mm-hmm. time where I wasn't involved. So I picked guys mm-hmm. that I knew like much younger than me so that that way that would keep us, you know, from developing any kind of real intense relationship. And what happened was that I either the, they were guys are boring if I, you know, they weren't they yeah, they wouldn't be interesting and then I don't want to have sex with anybody who's boring or <laughs> or the guys were even though they were young, I started getting attra- attracted to them or, or attached to them and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. I find it real hard to do the friends with benefits which which was what you guys are describing. One one yeah. last question for you, and sure. that's just in terms of like the future, and uh, are, are you going to keep this from your kids? Or are you going to tell your kids? Are you going to? Uh, I'm just curious yeah. as to how how that's yeah. going to go. I mean, we decided. I mean, right? Well, I guess we'll keep it from them um, if there is a time in the future they're too too young, and I, you know, I mean, I don't feel like it's really relevant for them to know. Um, what we do, they they know that we're happy together and we have a solid family. But yeah, I, I mean, I could see if it comes up, you know, in a number of years, maybe they're getting married or going through something. I, I would, you know, I think we would talk about it and mm. potentially share it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not, I don't have interest in, you know, saying this is the lifestyle. This, you know, we just were very private because we yeah. agree that this is something we've decided on. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually a good point because, you know, we are not advocating polyamorous lifestyle. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. is different. Everybody, you know, can make their own decisions. But for us, as I mentioned earlier, it's brought a lot of great things into our lives. It's not always been easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, in aggregate, it's been a very positive experience. And, wow. um, uh, okay. You know, and I, I would. I, I, I personally lied about would. that. I, I lied about the one last question. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> one last question is, is I'm, uh, just in terms of practicality safety, do you guys insist that all these partners get tested or do you and wear condoms? What's going on with all that? Because you could potentially yeah, that's a great question. And- we, do, we do get tested. Before we have any new relationship, we get tested. And I use uh, condoms 100% of the time in addition to getting tested. All right. Well, with that, we'll, we'll ask you our, our absolute final question, which is, have you been walked in on by your kids uh, okay, no. or were you walked in on by a parent? Do you have any stories about that? Well, no, I was. What? We were? You don't know, not we, but oh. I, I walked in on my parents once. <laughs> uh, and I think I was about... Oh I think this was in, I think I was a senior in high school. Oh, my gosh. And they were actually in the kitchen of all places to be. Um, it did not hear me come in. And I walked in, and I won't describe what I saw, but it was quite um, terrifying for me. <laughs> Steph, Steph sounds like she's about to collapse. 
<laughs> it, it was it was interesting, and I I shocked the shit out of them, and I was shocked myself. That was um, funny. And no one, it's funny because you know I, la- I obviously I like immediately went upstairs into my room, you know, and stayed there for like three hours, um, but. We never said anything to each other. They never mentioned it. I never mentioned it. And that was just the end wow. of it. Um, oh. So that was my one experience walking in on my parents. All right. Well, thank you both <laughs> so much. This has been very illuminating and I enjoyed it a ton. It's great. Yeah, thank yeah, you for having us. Well. Thanks thank so you. much. You guys are so articulate and, and expressive and honest. I really appreciate it. And, you know, that was, I, I mean, very, I, I could tell you guys are being probably more honest than you've even been maybe in private. So, <laughs> I yeah, yeah it. it is something to, to share it and to talk through it together. It's kind of an yeah. interesting situation to be in. But, and, yeah, thanks for listening and letting us just talk. It's yeah, nice. I mean, this is the first time we've ever really talked about it with someone else like this. So we do definitely appreciate the opportunity. Oh, this is great. It Thank is you. Unbelievable. And that was our interview with Charlie and Steph. Holy cow. I loved it. Ooh. Oh, God, it was so fascinating to me, too. Okay, what my, were your favorites? My favorite part was definitely when you asked about the fantasies. It got my butthole like, clenched a little bit. I know. I like to stir up the pot. You I love did. stirring that pot. I did, and I think I stirred it. But but you know what's good? I I love that she was open about it, and that yeah. they were able to like move on through it. And in like Charlie was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then maybe that'll strike a conversation later on. Yeah. But but it seemed like they do have this really open communication between the two of them. It made me really want to have the same thing. I mean, I started thinking about it like, wow, that must be so freeing. But then I thought, it's opening up the whole Pandora's box, too. You know, that <laughs> I sometimes get jealous if, if Dee's is talking to someone for too long and leaving me in a room by myself. So I don't know if I'd be able to handle that at all. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about the thought of being with someone who's having a fantasy while I'm having sex with her. I thought about that when you were, when we were talking to them. Yeah. I mean, I, that's really hard for me. I want to be entirely present with the other person to think that they're thinking about someone else is in someone who they're actually having a relationship with. That would be very, very challenging for me. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I thought it was so interesting when they first started talking that to me, this was one of my favorite parts is that how they brought it in, how the, the subject was brought up in the first place, how she came home one day and was like, oh, this guy's flirting with me. And, you know, and he, and that he got turned on by it. And she was like, oh, don't, you know, she kind of like didn't like that. Yeah, part. totally. She was, that was something that they had never even talked about before. Yeah, I love that. I love our podcast. I love it. Yes. If you love our podcast, please engage with us by telling us your thoughts on bringing another person into a relationship for intimacy or sexual purposes. Oh, my God. We have to hear what you have to say. So email us at sextalkpodcast at gmail.com. Right. And we will hopefully discuss what your thoughts on air. Yes. And next Tuesday's quickie. The quickies. So, you know, let me tell you something. About the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Okay, you guys, that's all for now. <laughs> how we did they you. become? A, how did they? Uh, all right, I don't, we just it just it just came. You know, a little. You know, I do have ADHD, so what? I, I just diagnosed myself with that. Okay, or maybe not the H, but maybe the ADD. All right, thanks for listening. Blame it on my ADD. Bye. Bye.